welcome to Theology with an English Accent. My name is David, I'm the author of the blog RestlessPilgrim.net, and today we're going to be continuing our study of Philippians. In the previous episode, we looked at the background of this document, um, the context, who wrote it, when, why, to whom, and today we're actually going to get stuck into the text. Now, we're not going to read too much, there's just a couple of verses. We're going to take about four episodes to move through chapter one. And the reason for that is I would like you to spend time actually reading the Bible. Um, but I also want these videos to be easily consumable, so you could just watch one during your tea break. So, without further ado, let's look at the text. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi, with the bishops and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. The first thing that should be immediately uh, clear is the fact that letters in the first century weren't structured in the same way that we structure them today. If I'm writing someone a letter or an email, I would say, dear so-and-so, the person to whom I'm writing. I then have a greeting like, hi, how's it going? I then have the body of my text, and then I'd sign off, yours sincerely, David. But in the first century, that's not how it worked. The first thing you did was identify yourself. In this case, Paul and Timothy. You would then identify to whom you're writing. This is the saints of Philippi. And then you would offer some kind of greeting, grace and peace. There were some other conventions of things that followed, but we'll deal with those in other episodes. So, the senders. The author identifies himself as Paul and Timothy. So as we saw in the previous episode, this Paul is Saint Paul, um, also known as Saul. He was a zealous persecutor of the church who encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus, had a conversion experience, and became the most prolific missionary of the early church. Uh, Paul was the person who actually founded the Philippian church, and the person he identifies as being with him, Timothy, his spiritual son, his protege, Timothy was part of that missionary team that founded that church. Now, very often in his letters, at this point, Paul will assert his apostleship. He'll say something like, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, or chosen by the will of God, or something like that. But he doesn't do that in this case. And there are a couple of other letters where he doesn't do it either. And he doesn't do it because he doesn't have to. In the other letters where he asserts his apostleship, he's doing it because he's wanting to remind his readers why they should listen to him. And he does this in letters where he's going to teach, or more typically where he's telling people off. But Paul doesn't have to do that. He knows the Philippians and loves them. They know and love him. So therefore he just speaks to them as friends. Now, he does use a title, but it's not apostle. He describes both himself and Timothy as servants of Christ Jesus. Now the Greek here is a, a little bit more powerful than that, but we'll deal with that in the top-up episode. But I think it's important to see that Paul saw his identity, it was, it was wrapped up in this idea of being a servant of Christ. You know, even the great St. Paul saw himself as a servant. And we have examples of this throughout scripture. I think the most vivid is on the night of the Last Supper, when Jesus 
bends down and washes his disciples' feet. And he says, you call me Lord and Master, and that, that's correct, I am. But if I, your Lord and Master, wash your feet, you should wash each other's feet. And in Christian history, this idea was, was, was picked up. And Pope St. Gregory I, um, in about the 6th century, he really popularized a title that became a standard title among the popes. And it's Servus Servorum Dei, literally means servant of the servants of God. Even the Pope is called to be a servant. So, to whom is he writing? Now, in the text it says, to the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi. Now, when most Catholics hear the word saint, they immediately think of the super-Christians, people who lived a long time ago, they were probably martyred, performed amazing miracles, lived lives of courageous virtue. They've passed through the Vatican's canonization process, and we now see them depicted in stained glass and icons. Now, I would call that a saint with a capital S, because that's not what Paul means when he uses the word saint here. When Paul uses the word saint, he is talking about Christians here on earth, living, breathing Christians, specifically at Philippi. And the idea behind this word saint, hagios, it means holy. Sometimes this word is sometimes rendered holy people. It's got an idea of set apart, different. Something's given for a particular purpose. And he shows in the text why they are holy, why they are set apart, why they are saints. He calls them saints in Christ Jesus. Because when we're baptized, we die with Christ and we rise anew, set apart for the mission. That special purpose. Now he specifically identifies also the bishops and deacons. Now, these were the leaders of the congregation. The bishops would uh, pastor the community, they would teach, they would lead the liturgy. And the job of the deacons was primarily to assist. We see the formation and the institution of the diaconate fairly soon after Pentecost. Now, Paul ends this greeting with a beautiful sentence. He says, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus. Now, grace was a Greek concept, and peace was a Hebrew concept. Grace, the Greek word is charis, it's from where we get the word charm, it's beauty, joy. And peace, in the Greek it's rendered irene, but almost certainly the idea that was at the back of Paul's mind was the Hebrew word shalom, which doesn't just mean peace as in an absence of conflict, more of a deep abiding comfort, both within myself, between myself and my neighbour, and between myself and God. So Paul ends this section wishing the Philippians grace and peace. And it's very appropriate that Paul should combine those two terms, since he himself was a Hebrew who brought the gospel to the Greeks, to the Gentiles. And in marrying those two terms, he's both describing the God that he worships and also describing what was won for us by the blood of Christ. So that's the text for today.
uh, for the homework, I would invite you to read an article I wrote called You've Got Ancient Mail, uh, which talks about the structure of ancient letters in the, about the first century, just to so you, it help you understand the structure of really all of the epistles that we find in the New Testament. And I'd also like to leave you with something to ponder. I said back at the beginning that to study the epistle to the Philippians is to study joy. That word appears again and again and again throughout this epistle. And we've seen today that Paul describes himself as a servant of Christ Jesus. So I ask you, do you consider yourself a servant of Christ Jesus? And, and what does that mean? How does that look in, real, in, in, in your everyday life? And more importantly, do you find joy in that? Where is there joy to be found in being a servant of Jesus? So until next time, in the words of Venerable Archbishop Fulton Sheen, God love you. Thank you.